I have just launched a mastermind called The Circle of Influence, where I'll be taking you under my wing to show you how to build a platform online that generates an income for you so you can have more freedom in your life. I'm also gonna show you how to become a powerful influencer online so that you can score interviews and so you can get exposure on major publications and platforms. And I'm gonna even show you how to build these platforms yourself, such as a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel, and a social media following so that you can get your message out there to millions. I'm also going to show you how to network with other incredible leaders online so that you can interview them and so that you can collaborate with them and really show you how to refine your story so you can share it in an unforgettable way to score more interviews, to score book deals, and to gain more speaking opportunities so that you can become a powerhouse leader. Now, if this speaks to you, make sure you head over to IamJoelBrown.com slash apply and get in before I close my doors on this live interactive exclusive opportunity where I'm going to go deep with you and with the community of Circle of Influence Game Changers. Don't miss this. Now let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with a fellow Aussie entrepreneur. His name is Sabri Subi out of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. He's the number one international best-selling author. He has a book called Sell Like Crazy, and I've read it myself. It's such an amazing book. It's so practical. It has really powerful lessons that you can implement today to blow up your brand and business. Sabri is on track to make $17 million this year. He's only been around for five years in operation with his company, King Kong, which is a digital marketing agency and he is a content creation powerhouse. So I'm excited for you to get some good wisdom and juice from Sabri today. Sabri, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. My pleasure, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, I'm so excited for you to instill your wisdom uh, to us and to really share with us what has worked really well for you in this space. Cause you know, there's a lot of noise out there. There are a lot of people that are you know, entrepreneurs that are, that are like seeing what people like Gary Vaynerchuk are doing and Ty Lopez and all these you know, big names. And uh, they're really going the route of starting up a little basic social media agency and trying to make money online, but they're failing miserably because they're, you know, just getting into their first year and finding that it's, it's more than just, you know, promoting some things on social media and driving Facebook ad uh, and collecting leads. So I would love for you to break down why you believe you're able to build your agency to, you know, close to 17 million in, per year over the space of five years. I mean, that's insane, man. What are some important components there? Yeah, I think the important distinction to make is like there are a lot of people that even reach out to me that are these people that you're talking about that like they've gone from being like a freelancer doing some like media buying and running Facebook ads and whatnot. And then they've like, they try to start an agency and they very quickly fail. Um, And I think that when you look at the reason why is that they've started their business with the wrong wrong thing in mind. And that's basically how do I start a business and make as much money as I possibly can. Um, and that's, if you, if you start a business with that in mind, like you're always going to fail, right? They're not thinking about like, okay, like what is a problem that I want to center my business around and how do I actually go out into the marketplace and just provide an incredible amount of value to that marketplace. They're looking at it from the other way. They're looking at how can I get 
clients and, and extract as much money as I possibly can from these people so I can make a lot of money and then I can go and rent a Lamborghini and I can post pictures of that on Instagram, right? And it's just <laughs> the wrong way to think about it. Um, so, you know, with, with me and my agency, like we are centered around the number one problem that businesses face, which is how do I get more customers, right? Um, and I'm a huge believer that like, you know, the amount of revenue that your company does is in direct proportionate to the amount of value that you've created. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you spoke about, you know, the $17 million per year, but the number that I like to talk about is the $1.33 billion in sales that I've generated for my clients, right? So if you focus on that, if you focus on the value creation, that you're going to basically stack the deck in your favor where the money is going to flow to you in any way because you're just providing so much value that the universe simply can't deny you and reward you. Wow. Powerful, man. Powerful statement. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, a lot of entrepreneurs out there are very much so like sticking to the same way of doing things and they're wondering why they're not succeeding long-term. What do you see on the horizon when it comes to algorithm changes and uh, ways that we can market? What, what do you feel is a good move for people to start pulling or being a part of to really be able to maintain long-term success? Yeah. And look, my stance on this is dramatically different to what is rampant in the marketplace, right? I think it's absolutely absurd when people obsess over like the latest chatbot software or the latest, the next algorithm update, right? I'm all about like, cause those things change, right? Like by the time someone releases like a Facebook ads course, like all that shit is irrelevant in three months because the platform has changed. The, the whole landscape is changed, right? And you're basically trying to go out there and get customers is on a flawed strategy. So I look at the things that aren't going to change right? So it's not about the technology. It's about the psychology. And like, you know, the psychology of humans really hasn't changed much in the last two, 300,000 years. And, you know, the thing that does change all the time is the technology. So for me in my business, I obsess over the psychology and persuasion and knowing what makes people buy and creating value for people. Right. And, you know, applying that deep understanding of psychology and persuasion to whatever the next channel is going to be, right? Whether it's Facebook ads or it's TikTok ads or email or whatever it's going to be is just applying that psychology to that channel rather than chasing the shiny object and that new hack to exploit that's going to just blow up your ads and give you insane, you know, click through rates on all of your ads and the chat bots and all this crazy shit that people talk about. Because the most of the gurus that talk about that stuff, they're are only talking about that stuff because that's what they're trying to sell you. Um, and it, they're like fly by night entrepreneurs. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you go look at them and they're, they're pushing this latest software. And then you circle back around with these guys in six to 12 months time. And you're like, Oh, how's all that going? And they're like, Oh, I've got this new thing, this new Google leprechaun. Do you want to see it? Like it's just going to explode all your rankings overnight. So I, I try to ground myself in the fundamentals and really becoming a master at those things. Yeah, dude, I've been in the game for a decade now and I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs in the uh, online marketing world that I've seen come and go. They were like doing million dollar launches and they were like the go-to guys and I don't even know where they are anymore. Yeah, they're gone, poof. They're just gone like that. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and the industry is yeah. full of them. Um, and I've definitely like, I think in the beginning of my career and most entrepreneurs like they fall victim to they get a bit of success from doing a little bit. And then they're like, all right, let me just go do a lot 
and then I'll be extra successful, right? And you start chasing shiny objects and you fall down rabbit holes and you lose like, you know, six months to a year of your life. Um, and that was definitely something that I, I fell victim to in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey and was like, I'm just going to put all this shit to bed. Do you know what I mean? Like none of that shit is really going to matter in five years time. What is the thing that is going to matter? And just doubling down on that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. So if, someone's listening right now, they hear what you're saying. They're like, yep, I agree. The philosophy is right. And with that, if they were to start a business today in this space, what would be three skill sets that they must hire or acquire in order to reach a high level of success in this space? Yeah, I think that, you know, well, the, the first thing starts with nothing happens until something is sold. So you better find out a way to go out there and get some customers. Otherwise, there's nothing to even deliver on. There's no business. There's no one to hire. There's no HR, payroll, nothing, right? Because you don't have any customers. So the number one thing that I see agencies fallen victim to is they're out there trying to get clients and they're not using the same strategies that they're prescribing to their own customers, right? They're not using digital marketing to get clients. And that is like, like an alarm bell immediately. It's like, if you're so good at doing it, why aren't you using it to get your own business? In the beginning for me, I didn't have the money to do it. I had to cold call. I had to roll up my sleeves and go out and make 150 cold calls to get my first few clients. But as soon as I got my first few clients and I had enough money in the bank, that's when I start basically, you know, running ads and building out funnels and bringing on clients using the same methods that we prescribe. So the very first skill that they're going to need is the skill to sell, right? Whether you're selling over the telephone, you're doing it through the computer, you're doing it on emails, ads, cold email, outreach, whatever it might be, you need to learn the art of persuasion and how to sell shit straight up, right? And then you can apply that salesmanship to print, to webinars, to ads, to emails, to everything that you're going to do. That is going to be the number one skill that you need. That is the thing that literally pulls your business forward and moves the money needle. Um, and then I think, you know, after that, you know, it's going to get to a point where you've got clients on board and you're going to need to start looking to build a team and hire people. And that's when you need to become an effective leader. You need to, have to know how to bring people in and be a magnet for good quality A players and bring them in and then lead them. And, and, and basically, you know, show them that there's a path for them to move forward within your company and really help you get to where you want to get to. And at the same time, you help them get to where they want to get to, right? Um, they're, they're probably like the, the two biggest skills that I would say that, that you really need. Because if you know how to ring the cash register in high enough volumes with fat enough margins, there's really no problem that you can't solve. You can go out and hire the best team. You can go and get you know, the best designers and product creators and engineers because you have enough resources to go out and do that. Um, and they're, they're really the two things. Like you need to, one, get the money in so you can hire people. And then when you get those people, you need to know how to lead them. Yeah, great point, man. How many years were you working on this by yourself until you started bringing a team? Yeah, together? I was working on it solo for a year. Um, so I was doing it out of a rented bedroom. Um, you know, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, you know, she bought me a computer. I loaded $30 into my VoIP account and started just jamming on the telephones, 150 cold calls a day. Um, and I was selling by day and then doing all the work and the fulfillment by night. I was working like 18 hour days. Um, and then 
I, I did that for probably about six months and then I hired some contractors and I was still working from home at the time. And like, it was crazy. Like I had, I pretended that it was all these people working in my company and I was using different accents and my, my wife was helping out and she was like the accounts <laughs> department. Um, and I did that for about a year. And then basically I had like a, a $36,000 website deal on the line. And the dude was like, Hey, I just want to come in and shake your hand before I sign on the dotted line before we get before we get going. Right. And <laughs> like, I certainly wasn't telling people that I had an office, but I wasn't telling them that I didn't have an office either. Right. So I was like, look, that's just not really the way that we do business. You know, like we've got clients all around, around the world. Like, you know, all of our business is done over the telephone. It's like, look, I don't understand why I just can't come in and shake your hand. And I lost that deal. Right. Um, and then I was like, man, what am I doing here? Like, do you know what I mean? How long am I going to stay like just working from home? to actually, what are you doing here? And I had to kind of get real with myself for a moment and say like, what does the next five to 10 years look like for you? Like, what is it you're trying to do? And that's when I made the conscious decision to go out there and build something that was just a lot bigger than me. Dude, I love hearing this story because I know there's so many people that are watching us or listening right now are in a similar place where you were five years ago. And it can feel lonely as an entrepreneur. You feel like an alien or a lone wolf trying to work it out by yourself. What music were you listening to around that time, man? I remember when I started Addicted to Success, I, was, I used to pump 50 Cent in my ears, Hustle's Ambition. I was listening to all these like these tracks that were all about like succeeding and making it happen. Like what, what kind of headspace were you in at that time? Yeah, definitely a lot of hip hop for sure, man. A lot of rap, um, a lot of the come up music. Do you know what I mean? Like I was waking up at four o'clock in the morning and going running when it was like pitch black and freezing cold outside in the middle of Melbourne winter. Um, like basically just selling myself like, yo, you can do this. Do you know what I mean? Like you got this, you got it under control because you know, you go out there in the marketplace and you just get your teeth kicked in, like making 150 cold calls a day and not getting one. Yes. You know, it definitely it, like you have to really be sold to wake up the next day and go out there and get after it. Um, and so, you know, I'm big on like, what does that like personal renewal program look like for you? How do you get yourself in peak state? So I was doing all this stuff to get my myself in peak state. So when I got on that telephone, like I was just like terminated. I was just like running through objections um, and did whatever I had to do. So yeah, there was definitely like lots of hip hop, lots of G up music and just getting in the zone and getting on the phone and getting it done. <laughs> getting G'd up from the feet up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it, man. It's so funny. I got, I got to keep it real with you, man. I, um, I kind of miss those days. The hustle. It's just, it's a different feeling. Cause it's like, it's like, when you've done something for the first time, it has that novelty to it or that, that kind of that excitement because you don't know what's going to happen when it comes through. It's like the first time I ever, you know, got that high paying client or I sold my course to, you know, 200 people. And I was like, oh my God, it's game time. Like it's on. It was just a classic feeling of seeing people receive your creation that you've been, you know, it's come from a thought, an idea, and you've turned it into reality. Yeah, so, definitely. And I think that a lot of that comes down to, the thrill of the sale. Do you know what I mean? And I've sold like everything from like $15 products all the way up to like a million dollar services over the telephone. And like, for me, like, even if somebody like buys my book, I still get that same kick. I still get that same thrill. Do you know what I mean? It's just about getting to a yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's different in the beginning when you're doing everything and you're so close to that. And it's like, it's this, you get so charged. Do you know what I mean? And when you start to build a team around you, 
you do get a little bit separated from that, like directly in the front lines. And it's only like massive things have to happen in order for you to get that same kick and that same thrill. And so the way that we do that, for instance, in my company, like we've got this big antique Chinese gong that's out on the floor. Right. And like every time any, a new client comes on board, like my sales team hits that gong and like the whole office stands up and claps, or we've got like this bell. And when a client gets their first lead or their first sale after we've set their campaigns live like they just ring that bell like crazy so it's like it's orchestrating a situation where you do celebrate those wins do you know what i mean otherwise it's just like you just get caught up in the motions or it's just another client or you know it's just another sale but like no it's not like you need to stop and acknowledge that um and that's just something that works really well Yes, yes, yes. See, you're talking about celebrating the wins, which I, I know is so important. You have to do that for sure. Uh, let's talk about a blunder that you have made maybe in the last two to three years that uh, could have affected your business or you're like, Dan, that was a silly mistake. And what did you do to course correct? Yeah, look, there, there really is like so many mistakes that you make. Like I think being an entrepreneur, it's like, you know, I probably make like, I think close to 150 decisions a day, you know, 150 to 200 decisions today. Some of them are tiny. Some of them are a lot bigger. Um, you know, if I had to think of like one individual mistake, there's nothing that really, I guess, jumps out me as a, as a specific thing. I guess the, the way that I look at it is like, all the mistakes that I have made to date has led me to be in the position that I am today, right? And it's led me to be the person that I am today. Um, and, you know, making like, if I wasn't going out there and having these massive swings and, and missing the ball a lot of the times, then I certainly wouldn't be in the position that, that I am today. Um, and like the thing that I just continually look to focus on is that like, most people, when they make a mistake, they won't want to stop and reflect and, and dive into that mistake and actually find out like if they were to have that time around again, how would they deal with it? And it's kind of like they fail and then they just, they don't want to focus and look in those dark places and they don't, they just want to continue to look at the next like, you know, peak to, to climb up to, but they don't want to look back. And I think that one of the things that I try to do very frequently is like, when I make a mistake, I like to kind of stop and really kind of look at it from all angles and see like, how was I blindsided in this situation? Um, and a lot of it is like, you know, it would be in my stage right now is the team. And like, you know, what are the mistakes is like, should I fire to that person quicker or should I done something to create more opportunities so that person didn't leave? So they're the, the kind of things that, that I really look at now. It's not, you know, so much specifically about one individual things, but it's more so in terms of my decision-making process and listening to my gut feel. Like there's been so many times where it's like I've known in the first three to four weeks, whether or not this person's the right hire or whether or not this is the right decision. And then it's like that voice in your head tries to tell you and, and sell you on, oh, well, maybe you should try this or maybe you should try that. And like, I don't think ever has my intuition been wrong. And it's just probably like to say one thing, it's not trusting my intuition blindly. Yeah, that is sound advice. Sound advice. I, I feel like you do learn to trust yourself the more you put yourself out there and see that the only way to adjust and course correct is by looking at feedback and experiencing feedback in reality. You know, you can't stay in your head all the time. You've got to put it out there and that requires, you know, courage. And I think, uh, 
some people don't know what they're signing up for when they get into entrepreneurship. They think it's going yeah. to be a smooth ride. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of people coming out, calling you out, saying shit about you, doing stuff like, and that's just a part of the game. Do you know what I mean? You need to go out there, and it's like you need to understand that the moment that like you pop your head out of that jungle, the top, you, you, you pop your head out of it, like the jungle floor and you're on the top, people are going to start throwing stones at you. Um, or there's critics and there's trolls and all of that kind of stuff. But like, you know, in order to be successful, you definitely have to obviously get some haters and you have to get some like, you know, critics because that just means if you don't, you're just not getting enough attention. Do you know what I mean? Because you look at the most like polarizing and public figures, like it's very d- divided. Like there's a lot of people that love them. There's a lot of people that hate them. And if you like only have have like people giving you admiration that means that you certainly haven't got enough attention yeah it reminds me of grant cardone he used to always say to me like when we catch up he's like you gotta hug the haters man you gotta hug the haters you do and it's like anyone that's out there and they're getting a lot of attention you know will certainly like they'll have that mindset because if you don't like you're just going to constantly look at yourself and be self-critical and then you just get into the whole analysis paralysis and then the haters win. Do you know what I mean? Like fuck the haters. Yeah. Like you, you need to, you need to go out there um, and get so much attention that you do get those people, but you get all the people that love you so much to start jumping in and, you know, hitting the haters. Yeah, I agree. You know, we had a, a guest, her name is Dr. Mona Vand on the episode before you and her and I were talking about, like setting yourself up for failure by having too much expectation on yourself by looking perfect in the public eye and not sharing authentically who you are. And I've been guilty of that, of like not knowing whose game I'm playing. I'm like in this game and it's like the, the content looks spick and span. And then when you have a human moment, people will kick and punch you while you're down. You know, they won't allow you to be a human because you've set yourself up in this way. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting space right now that we're in because there's the social media world, then there's the real world. And I love that the way that you do your content is awesome. You bring people into your world and you're very straight up. There's no BS cookie cutter stuff. Like you're, you're down with, you know, how you're feeling that day. You share that. Uh, you share very authentically and, and so generously as well. I know a lot of people hold back because they're like, oh, I don't want to give you that stuff because I'm going to put, you know, a course together or I'm going to do a mastermind and give you the best. You just seem to give so much advice and amazing um, frameworks and teachings for either free or in your book, which is like $8.25 on Kindle or $23.46 on paperback. It's insane, man. So with your book, Sell Like Crazy, how to get as many clients, customers and sales as you possibly can uh, or as you can possibly uh, handle, what would you say are the two standout chapters in that book if you were only able to share two chapters from the book which ones would it be it'd probably be um like the killing the little bitch inside um which is like you know the 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 editor of my book was like yo dude you can't put this in here this thing is like this this thing is strong and i was like what about mark what's his name mark mark mason's book um, the satellite of not giving a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. like right on the front cover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that it's like, you know, that's the chapter that certainly resonated with people the most. Like they think that they're getting this marketing book. And then I start like talking about this little character that lives into your head that you need to choke out every morning. Do you know what I mean? So I think that like, you know, I look at like success as like 80% mindset and 20% mechanics. And there's, there's a lot of great marketing strategies in there and talking about my funnels and all of those kind of things and ad copy and whatnot. But 
you know, none of that stuff matters if you don't have what's in between, you know, the ears right. You need to get your mindset right. Um, so I think that's definitely like a standout chapter. Um, and then probably the chapter just on like, you know, getting a sales message and being able to multiply that. That was the pivotal moment for me. It's like when I went from making like 150 cold calls a day to writing ads that would basically go and call on 150,000 people a day on Facebook and all these other different mediums. So it was like really turning like that salesman in me and being able to actually put that down on paper and put it into a medium where I can multiply that and create like these little soldiers that go out there and collect money and come back. Um, they're, they're the two biggest things. Do you know what I mean? If I could give someone the tools to get their mindset right and then show them how to sell and, and then how to take that sales message and amplify it and put it onto a lot of different delivery vehicles to blow up their business. They're, they're probably the two big takeaways for me. Yes. I love that, man. Uh, I know that sales is a huge part of building your business because nothing grows if there's not you know, money coming through the business. What advice would you give around the sales process? Like let's say someone's got leads coming in, they've got applications and they're going to jump on a call. What has worked well for you? What's really moved the needle when it comes to like your, your step-by-step or process of, uh, of selling over the phone? Yeah. So there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, and I won't name names or anything, but like, you know, about like, oh, you know, you just get someone on a call and, you know, you just do a one call close in 35 minutes and you're just closing these people. Like that might work if you're selling like, you know, a, a $200 course or some book or something. But in the world where I operate in high ticket, like real high ticket, the best thing, like, you know, uh, the way that I look at it is there's never been a time in history where skepticism is so rampant. So if you're getting on a call with the intentions just to close somebody, like you're dead on arrival. You know what I mean? You need to be getting on that call with first one doing like, you know, a proper diagnosis to find out whether or not this person that you're going to be speaking with is even going to be a good fit for what it is that you've got. And then if they are, then go into kind of, you know, fielding a prescription for this person and being able to close them right on what it is that you want but i'm big on just teaching and showing people that you can help them by actually helping them because that's the only way that you can overcome skepticism right you can tell people how great you are and you can show them case studies and do all that stuff trust me i've done all that stuff right and yeah it works to some degree but nothing works better than showing someone that you can help them by actually helping them because that's the only way to cut through all the noise in the marketplace is to actually deliver them some results. Do you know what I mean? And actually show them how you can help them in their unique situation. Because if you have like a whole parade of video case studies and screenshots of ad accounts, anyone that sold anything over the phone they always think in the back of their mind, the prospect, yeah, but I'm different. My business is different. I've run this unicorn business that's completely different to anyone that you've ever helped, right? And that's just the number one thing. It's the number one objection that comes up. Like, that's all good, but my business is different. So if you can try to architect that call where you're actually showing them, okay, like you're speaking to them about this is the problem that you're experiencing. Okay, awesome. Let me start to solve a little bit of this for you. And it's like when you go to a nice restaurant and they bring you that little entree and it gets your taste buds going crazy, you want to order the whole menu, right? So people are always afraid to give value and they always want to hide it, right? They always like, it's like the cheese in the, mat- in, in the mouse trap. Like 
like just give them a bit of that cheese. Do you know what I mean? They're going to go tell all their friends and they're going to come back with a whole pack of mice to eat this cheese. And then it's going to be a much better situation. So I always look at how can I architect a situation where that conversation, where that contact with that prospect, they will walk away better than when I found them. Yes. Yes. And I love what you said there about like giving them a little bit of that cheese, that value. I feel like if you're struggling with that, then you probably shouldn't be selling your products or your services because you've got to get yourself to a point where you know, and you trust yourself enough to go, you know what? I can give them this much value, but I know in, in the heart of hearts that I have in my chest here that, you know, I can deliver even more on the back end, and then I can show them that I care. Because I feel like if you get good at caring about people, that's the new currency. It's going to be, become easier and easier because so many people don't care. They're just going for the money and they're not focused on the results. And at the end of the day, the results is the only thing that matters. That's what people are paying you for, right? Exactly. And that's like where you want to start with, right? You want to basically start where, okay, like I'm going to be giving 10x more value than first of all, anyone in my marketplace and a hundred times more value than what I'm charging for, right? So then you can have conviction when you go into that sales process in the beginning. And, you know, People are optimizing, they're over-optimizing their business for their own profitability and not for the value delivery. So they're thinking about how do I extract as much cash from this prospect as soon as possible to better my situation, regardless of whether or not that's the best fit for that prospect to perhaps win further down the road, right? They're just short-term thinkers and they're not looking at the big picture. They're looking at the first order consequences of I'm going to go out there and I want to sell this person the highest tickets, biggest thing straight out the gate because that results in me getting more money rather than, well, where is this person on their journey? And what would be the logical thing? What is the thing that I could do to win some confidence, to get them some wins? on the board and then look at this first sale as just the beginning to a transaction of a long relationship. And I guess the reason that they do that is because their business suffers from not having any back end. They're just out there trying to make as much profit on the front end of their business as possible. And that's why a lot of these people are just getting slaughtered. Yeah, it's definitely a fast way to lose as well. And, and I think a lot of people aren't thinking long-term. They're just thinking on the front end, like, how do I get this right now? How do I, you know, get the wins because they want that hit man they want to feel like oh i'm succeeding early instead of actually earning the badges or the stripes to get there exactly and they and and that's because why you think about why is that happening and it's because they want to get as much money in now so they can do a lifestyle upgrade and they can go and rent the lamborghini or get the watch or get the Yeezys or do whatever that they want to do that they can post on Instagram to look successful rather than be successful. Right. Um, and, 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 and that's just like, you need to think long-term you need to look at like, this is like a legacy play. Where are you trying to go? What are you trying to do? After, of course, you've met your immediate needs of survival, right? You can pay your rent. You've got a place to live. You've got food coming in. You know, then you need to start thinking about the long term and the value creation. And a lot of that is going to involve you sacrificing profit and revenue up front in the betterment of your customers. Yeah. So let's talk about money mindset because this is something that I feel like a lot of people struggle with and even just established entrepreneurs struggle with. You mentioned before about this $36,000 client. And I'm sure you've had even smaller deals when you first started, right? When you're doing 150 calls a day 
freaking yep. crazy, dude. You're psycho. <laughs> and you've obviously, you know, scaled it up. And, and I remember, you know, recently in a conversation, you're saying you're even having million dollar contracts. So what happened with your mindset? How did you expand your financial container to hold that in your mind as that's the new normal? Yeah, I think that, you know, definitely as you kind of like all prices are made up, right? So every price for every single thing is made up. Like it's not like, you know, people sat down and they thought about like, oh, what is the the bill of cost of goods to fulfill this course? And that's why it's 1997 is because I've gone through every hour module of the course. It's just a made up price, right? And so like when you begin and you, you create a price, and that you, that you that you like the sound of, and you go out there and you sell it. Um, there gets to a point where obviously you're like, okay, cool. Well, I've got more demand than I can service, so let me start increasing price. And it's something that like there isn't like you know this money is already out there flowing in the economy, and it's just about channeling that money back to you, right? But the only way that you can go out there and command high fees is if you are sold at the value that you're providing is at a bare minimum 10 times of what you're charging. Otherwise, it's just not going to sit right ethically, right? Uh, and it needs to make sense. It needs to be a win-win situation. Otherwise, again, it comes down to that maximum cash ex- extraction and not about the value. So I think for me, there's been a lot of different pivotal moments where what is possible changes. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's like, you know, last month we had a record, we had a record month in, in, in new sales coming in. And it's just like, wow. Like, you know, I think back if that was possible when I started my business five years ago, no way. Right. Man, it's about constantly like pushing what you believe is possible. And I think that, you know, when I look at where I'm at now and what we're doing as a business, like, and I'm trying to think of that next level, like it's, you, you have to really get sold that it's already out there. You're not going out and creating it. There is all this already, this money is flowing around the economy and it's going to somewhere. It's just about channeling some of that over to you and your business and just delivering way more than what you're charging. Yeah. And think about this, right? If you're sitting there right now with, a, with an amazing skill set, you've really mastered your craft. There's some old dudes with Silicon Valley money and they're bored out of their brains. They want companies to invest in. They want to be a part of new ventures and and things that are going on. It's out there. And it's a matter as well of like, obviously, like you were saying, Sabri, I love that you're like, you know, have your skill sets and caring and delivering 10x. And it's also, you know, believing that you're, you're worth it as well because you have the results that are in place. You've got the case studies and the testimonials and everything else, which I see that you have, you know, and, and that's great that you're able to put that out and you have, you know, clients that just rave about you. And that doesn't happen overnight. That, that comes together over time because you care and you, you keep showing up, um, which is amazing. Let's talk a little bit more about the money mindset piece. I want to dive into your mind and see, okay, you've got the millions coming in when it comes to the money that you spend on yourself. Cause I know you've got money for the team and the business and everything else. What do you like to splurge on, man? What's your like celebration uh, expenses? Man, I live very, very frugally. Like um, I, I had the, like the same car for like 
you know, five or six years that, that I only upgraded like last week. And it's like, it's so funny because I get like people co- like posting on my ads and shit like, oh dude, like, you know, you're driving like this old Mercedes Benz. It's like $12,000 or something. Like if you were so successful, why aren't you in a Lamborghini? And it's like, <laughs> my answer to that is if that was important to me, then I would go out and do that. Right. But I am in a bucket, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like I could be on a push bike in my next like course trailer i don't really give a shit you know what i mean (laughs) and it's like the thing for me is like i do not look for things that are with outside of myself to gain satisfaction so i'm not looking at constantly upgrading my lifestyle or being on this hedonist treadmill where it's like i'm always chasing that next dopamine hit right have i bought my gone out and bought myself a few nice things yes i have but like in terms of me it's like you know i i wear like the same pretty much the same clothes every day. I have a black t-shirt and a black pair of jeans. Um, and I'm not like somebody that goes out there and wants to go and buy all this shit to get satisfied, right? I have goals within me and things that I, I love building things. I like, you know, climbing that next mountain and that next challenge, um, you know, and that's where I look to get fulfillment, right? It's, it's for me, it's about the challenge and it's about the climb. It's not about, I can go out there and get all this money and then I can go and buy all this stupid shit. Like, that's not the way that I look at it. I'm very, very simple. Like so much to the fact where it's like, you know, my accountant will come to me and he would be like, what are you doing, man? Like, how come you haven't gone out and bought yourself anything nice? Or it's like, you know, why don't you pull more money out of the business or do all of these things? And it's like, well, that's not what I'm doing it for. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to wake up every day and come in and make money anymore. That's not what I do this, this whole thing for. I do it about the impact that, that I can go out there and create and using business as a vehicle for change and being able to go into somebody's life and their business and they're struggling to make a profit and they're struggling to make their payroll and their their relationships are suffering because of all the financial pressure. And then for me to be able to move into that business and just move a few dials and just blow it up um, and take something that's obviously just suffering to survive and just going through the motions and then being able to basically go in there, twist these dials and just watch that business just explode and become wildly successful. And then looking at what that enables and how that enables that business owner to provide for their family and send their kids through college or give back to a charitable cause or a church or whatever it might be. And then all the people within their personal network that actually look to them for what is possible to achieve in life. Like that's the reason that I go out and get after it. It's not for any of like, you know, treating myself to, to any nice things. Do you know what I mean? I'm wearing black t-shirts from Uniqlo for $14 a pop, man. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't cost much to sustain my lifestyle. <laughs> Dude, I remember seeing a picture of uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs and I think, or like Bill Gates. And it said, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars and no Gucci belt in sight. <laughs> and, <laughs> my and, man. And I, I think the thing too is, uh, like if you look at the pattern with these guys that are crushing it at such a high level, I think they just like to simplify those things. They want a very practical, straightforward life because like the, what's brought them to that level of success is by grabbing complex things and simplifying it and really just scaling it across the globe. And um, it sounds like you're doing the same kind of thing. And you obviously find your fulfillment, your values are very much in alignment with you know, like uh, uh, supporting people, bring solutions to people and then, you know, like supporting families and, and, you know, you, you're fulfilled, bro. You have a family and you've got, you know, amazing people around you and a team that cares. 
that's that's awesome dude and i think a lot of people that haven't experienced that probably think that most of the fulfillment is going to be in the material and yeah. it just sounds like you've reached this awesome level of of uh, mature success yeah like i definitely look at it like in terms of like I've only got, you know, certain amounts of mental RAM to apply to things. And if I'm thinking about like, what am I wearing every day? Or I'm like, let me go get that Gucci belt, dog. That's what I need. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking about all that stuff all day long. Like it just doesn't make any sense. So like I try to optimize all the areas of my life so I can apply my mental RAM and my horsepower to solve big problems and the things that I want to do rather than have like decision fatigue and have like 20 pairs of shoes and all these t-shirts and different clothes and all these different cards. Like, I don't know how even people do that and how they manage that thing. And my experience is those people that go out there earlier on in their careers and go and, and spend lavishly on all of these things is that they have some kind of complex going on in their mind where they want to appear to be a lot more successful than what they are. Because the people that I've always come into contact with that are people that I would deem as being very successful, um, uh, you know, they're, they're very, very rarely the dude wearing the Gucci belt and the Lambo. It's just, it's very rarely the case. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, man, but I used to work in the music industry in America. I used to work with a lot of hip hop artists and I I took what I learned from that industry and brought it into the space that I'm in now. And one of the biggest lessons I learned was that we only have windows of time, you know, and I saw really big hip hop artists that are at the peak. They got, you know, number one billboard track, they're crushing it. They're getting all this attention. They have the, you know, million dollar advanced, and I saw over and over again, I saw them put so much money into BS things. Like they were buying like renter cars, uh, like really expensive luxury renter cars. They were blowing money on gold chains that were worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and buying everybody drinks at the club. And it was interesting to see that happening with the newer generation. And then I would see the older generation hip hop artists that would be coming in with this, that were no longer inspired. They were desperate. And I even remember a particular artist, I'm not going to mention his name, just out of respect. He came in and this is a guy that I grew up off listening to in high school. And he was like, I need a hit, man. I need a hit. And it like kind of the penny dropped. And I was like, oh my God, it's like a drug for these guys. It's like they need the hit. He actually meant a hit record, but I was like, yeah. they're looking for that. And the same thing happens in the space that we're in with digital marketing and even, you know, the self-development industry and business, same thing. And you've got to know where your window is and you've got to know how to play it. And it, like what you do now determines how far out you push that window. And it's about making decisions each day that are, you know, simplifying those complex things and not selling your soul and it's doing things in an ethical way. And, and just like the things you've mentioned, man, I, I love the fact that you're a grounded entrepreneur and you're able to share this with my audience, man. It's such a gift because I feel like a lot of young cats are getting confused and it's, it's great to have a, a leader and a mentor like you. Yeah. And, and, and thank you for that. And I think that the big, if we're looking at like the broad brushstrokes of like what we keep coming back to with, you had to kind of summarize it into one thing. It's really deferring that short term, like, you know, success or that dopamine hit that we're just engineered to, to really go out and get like Instagram, posting an image, getting a whole bunch of likes or doing a launch and then showing everybody your, your back end on Stripe and how much money that you made, right? These are all the dopamine hits. And if you look at like the long term, right, that's really what it comes down to. Even with those, you know, those hip hop artists that you were mentioning before, it's like they're chasing that one hit 
so they can go out there and, and go get that rented car and the gold chain, right? They're not thinking, how do I make just the most incredible album that will be timeless? And how do I pour my soul into this record? And how do I make it really, really good? And then if they did that, what they'd probably find is like, you know, th that record would have longevity and they'd get lots of radio play. So providing really good music and a really good like album they're providing a lot of value to their audience, their prospects, right? And their customers, and then they'll be rewarded in the long term. But it's typically, unfortunately, people are always chasing that short term dopamine hit. Everyone wants the silver bullet. They want that little Facebook ad hack that they can apply and explode their business. They don't want to ground themselves in the fundamentals of like, how do I make an incredible product or an incredible service? And then just sell it for a long period of time and build up that goodwill out there in the marketplace towards me and towards my brand where I literally just provide so much value that it's physically impossible for me not to be successful. Yeah. It sounds like you keep it grounded in, in hardcore principles rather than falling victim to trends that come and go. Yeah, like it's Beautiful. definitely, that's definitely the way that I like to think about it. Um, and if you look at people like, you know, Jeff Bezos and comments and stuff like that, they make, it's like, they're not looking at what they're going to look at. They're not looking at what's not, what's going to change. They're looking at what's not going to change. Right. Um, and I think that that's the mindset that you typically want to apply to it because if you're going to be in this for the long term, there's, it's physically impossible to constantly riding that hype wave of the next new trend or the next shiny object, right? Those things are going to come and go, like I've said repeatedly, the things that aren't are the fundamentals. So why not spend your time mastering those because they're going to serve you for the rest of your life and it's going to compound and you're going to get compound interest on it. Yeah. People want sexy, man. <laughs> That's what they want. They, they want to think that success is sexy and it's not, it's pretty unsexy. It's pretty uncool. It's a lot of the, you know, consistency showing up and swinging the ax at the tree each and every day until that tree falls down. Yeah. Um, like people ask me know. all the time, like, dude, what's the number one thing that you could tell me to be successful? And it's like, well, just become somebody that's worthy of being successful. Do you know what I mean? Do the work, yeah. wake up every morning, you know, extra an hour extra earlier than anyone else in your marketplace. Do those really difficult things that all the unsuccessful people aren't willing to do to become somebody that's in a position where you are worthy of the success, right? Don't go and try get the success without being worthy. You have to put the work in. There are no shortcuts. There are no hacks. You just need to get out there and just literally roll up your sleeves and go get it done. Yes. I love this conversation, brother. Now, before we wrap up, uh, I have a question around content creation because, you know, there is a high volume of content getting pumped out right now. And a lot of people are trying to keep up with it. Um, other people are starting to go the route of doing higher quality content, which I think is great. You and I actually did a piece together when I interviewed you before this last week and you chopped it up. And, and you know, if you're listening to this right now, go and check out my Instagram page. Go check out Sabri Subi on Instagram too. And uh, you see there's some pretty awesome uh, content on there that we chopped up. Now, what advice would you give to those that are starting to step into content creation? What do you find is really effective when it comes to content creation? And, and how do we get a good ROI or how do you create content that converts in some, some way, shape or form? 
Well, I look at that as like two different questions, right? The first part is like, you know, like the content side of things. And people often ask me, they're like, wow, dude, like you are cranking out the content, dude. Like, how do you run your business? Like, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Um, and the reality of it is that me um, and my video guy, we spend one hour per week dedicated to actually producing content right? Um, and then the rest of the time, we're basically just documenting like what it is that I'm doing every day to build my business. And, you know, the reason that I probably, you know, started about is because like I think about over the last five years, like the journey that I've been on. And I wish that I have my video guy with me in the very beginning when I was in my bedroom making 150 cold calls and telling everybody out there that I was going to build like a big bad agency, do you know what I mean? And have a team because it was only in the mind then, right? I could only visualize it in my mind. Um, and then to actually have myself on camera being able to say that I was going to do it and then show people that I'd actually gone out there and do it. Um, that would have been incredibly powerful, I think. But it's mainly like, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty cool experience to show like my two daughters this when they're old enough. And, you know, it, it might be in 10 years, it might be in 15 years and who knows, you know, what Sabri and Joel are going to be doing in 10 years, right? You don't yeah. know. And big it things, would be, brother, big things yeah, popping. <laughs> big things. And so it would be incredible to be able to actually like show my children, like what I was doing, like what was Papa doing, you know, 10 years ago, like, you know, when you were just born. And I think that that's going to be a really incredible thing. I, I know that I would certainly love to see like content, like from my parents or my grandparents um, of them going out and getting after it when they were young. So there's like the documenting of the climb and everything that we're doing and all that we're achieving. So I think that, like that's the biggest driver as well for me to do it. And it's also scaling me, right? It's scaling Sabri Subi and being able to reach a lot more people. And I think that it's really important to just like tell the truth and just shoot people straight. So then like you don't need to remember what you said because you only spoke the truth. Do you know what I mean? That's the easiest way is this like who I am with my team, who I am with my children, with my mother, with my wife. It's the same Sabri Subi. The same guy that's speaking to you now is the same way that I get off this call and go speak with my team. I don't need to check myself. Do you know what I mean? This is me. Like I am going to swear. I am, you know, going to tell you like, funny stories and do all these things. And I don't even need to go, okay, you know, it's time to get on the podcast. Let me like, like button up and be like, no, <laughs> dude, like this is just me. This is the business that I run. This is what I'm trying to do. And it just being true to who you are and not having to change yourself, depending on what environment that you're in is just a key thing for me. Yeah, that's gold, man. That's gold. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, where can we find you online? Cause I know you're on like Instagram, YouTube, what's your links. And, and also yeah. you've got your book on uh, Amazon too. Sell like crazy, right? The best, well, I put together an offer for, for your listeners to go to sell like crazy forward slash free. Um, I'll pay for the book. Just help me out with the shipping and handling. I'll send it anywhere in the world out to you guys. Um, you can check me out on Instagram at Subri Subi and also on YouTube. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, how to get online, find out what I'm doing and, and, and kind of what I'm up to and where I'm trying to get to. Love it, brother. Thanks a million for joining us today, bro. I really appreciate you. And before we end this interview, I always finish with this one last question. This question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech, to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh, dude, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, that's, a big, big, 
Yeah, that, that, that's a big, a big, big question. Um, I think the big thing that the big takeaway would be, regardless of who the audience was, is that like, you know, you really do only have one life, right? So whatever, it, well, that's the way that I look at it. Like we, we don't need to get into the whole reincarnation and all that. Like just, just look at, we've got one life in the vehicle that we're in right now, right? And, you know, if you're going to go out and whatever it is that you're going to commit yourself to, whether it's you want to be an artist or you want to commit yourself to business and enterprise is that, you know, you, the last thing that you want to do is get to the end of your life and think of what if you don't want to have that question going in. So if the thing for me, like what I'm doing and why I get up and I still go after it and wake up early morning and, and go to the gym and do all these things is because I am basically trying to realize the potential of who Sabri Subi is. And it's really that gap in where I am right now. And what am I capable of that really keeps me motivated and keeps me going out and getting after it. And I think that if you're going to have this one life and everything that you're going to do and giving back to the world and giving back to your community like you better be trying to really push what is possible from yourself and realize your potential